This is the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came down and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, Lord, we thank you for your death, for your resurrection, for giving us your Holy Spirit. Would you be with us now? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Keeping surprises, keeping them a secret is a challenge for a lot of us, which includes me. The reason why it's so difficult to keep surprises a secret is that I get so excited that inevitably I'm going to give up the secret somehow. And I think a lot of you are with me in this. And many of you growing up at some point have had a surprise party thrown for your birthday. And if you're somebody who really enjoys your birthday, that whole day can feel like torture. Think back for a moment. You woke up thinking, it's my birthday. And your day is filled with hope and with anticipation of the good things coming. And if this was the time of social media, then your notifications were starting to increase as your friends were waking up to wish you a happy birthday. But something feels off. No one in your house wishes you a happy birthday. So you hint, because you don't want to just tell them. So you start hinting about what day it could be. You want them to guess, but nobody's taking the bait. And then you go to school or you go to work and nobody around you that is friends with you seems to recognize the special nature of this day. And of course, that makes you sad. The rest of the day is this emotional vacillation between sadness and anger. And when the work or the school day gets done, you head back home and you're just stewing in anger and resentment. The day did not turn out the way that you had hoped. You had such high expectations for your birthday, and now there's nothing but anger. But then you get home, and somebody opens the door, and they're wearing this little funny party hat, and you see a horde of people behind them, and everybody yells, surprise! And you just start crying. 
This surprise pierces the hard shell of resentment that you have, and you're overcome with these tears of joy because you are really known and you're really loved. Tonight, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. It's that surprising act of God that reminds us that he sees us, that he knows us, that he loves us, and that death and sorrow are not ultimately victorious. The resurrection is a holy type of unsettling that draws us into renewed worship. In our gospel reading this evening, we had heard about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who just three days before were left staring at this rock that was sealing Jesus' tomb under the darkness of the night sky. They thought he would be the one that the prophets had spoken about centuries ago who would free Israel from sickness, who would free Israel from demonic power, and most importantly, from foreign occupation. So they followed Jesus with several other women, helping support his ministry out of their possessions. They reprioritized their entire lives and their wealth as they followed this teacher. They took up their cross daily, fully expecting that God would rescue his people and bring them freedom to bring his kingdom. And when Jesus was crucified, there was an earthquake, which we felt last night at the Tenebrae service. Creation seems to have been mourning through an earthquake, while these women are mourning through their tears. Those who had taken up their cross now saw their hopes sealed up in a dark tomb. And it would have been meaningless, and it would have been hopeless were it not for the surprise of the resurrection. So a few days later, just before dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary arise to go see the tomb, expecting it fully to be as it was left before, with the rock covering the entrance, sealed and the guards awake and watching. But as they approach, an angel comes from God's abode and sits down on the stone in this posture of triumph and accomplishment. And where creation had previously groaned through an earthquake, it now shouts, hallelujah, by another earthquake, as it reveals the empty tomb, surprising both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. The Son of God will not be held by death. And the guards who had once looked very much alive and were gazing at this crucified Messiah now fall like dead men as Jesus alive conquers the grave. The victory of the resurrection is a holy type of unsettling. The surprise of the earthquake and the angel and the empty tomb shake the foundations of their souls and sorrow is cast out, and the crucifixion now becomes good news. More was accomplished than just political martyrdom, as Jesus, the Lamb of God, was declared an acceptable sacrifice to the Father to deliver his people from the bondage of their sins, the ways that humanity has fallen so short of God's glory. The kingdom of God has now conquered the kingdom of darkness. So when things feel dark, when things feel hopeless, we should continue to wait with anticipation for the surprising and the unsettling hope 
of the resurrection. Because for those who follow him, it might seem difficult now, but it won't always be this way. But we don't have any idea when God is going to show up and surprise us. So if we've allowed the soil of our hearts to settle in sorrow or anger or bitterness, the resurrection shakes the ground. God will unsettle us with surprising moments where our unbelief or our resentments or our griefs or our sorrows are swallowed up by the victory of Jesus's resurrection from the dead. And like the women, we take up our cross daily. We set our lives at Jesus's feet and the resurrection grounds our cross in meaning, not allowing death to be the end of our story. The first surprise, the earthquake, grounds the women's faith. And the second surprise that they're going to encounter inspires worship. The angel tells the women to go and tell the disciples that Jesus was raised from the dead. We don't know how far along the path they got, but just as the two Marys had been surprised by the earthquake, now as they're running along the path, they're surprised by the resurrected Jesus. Their only appropriate response is to grab onto his feet and offer him worship. And that's the paradigm for what should come afterwards for all the followers of Jesus. Because the victory of the resurrection is a holy type of unsettling that draws us into renewed worship. Being a community that is unsettled by surprising, the surprising joy of the resurrection would change the way that we interact with one another. I've been praying and thinking a lot about men's ministry at Incarnation over the last several weeks. And one of the things that I love about the men in this church is that you're all very real and you're all very welcoming. And it's a gift to watch all of you building authentic friendships. So as we continue to move forward as men, it's going to be imperative that we create a space to work together on, on being welcoming and a space for one another to find healing and to be unsettled together. And what's true of the men is also true of the women here for incarnation as well. On any given day, if you look at our church or any number of churches, individuals face financial crisis, divorce or marital strain, job stress, grief, unhealthy addictions. And in taking up our cross, there are many things that we have to lay down before Jesus' feet. We have to lay down the desire to be right in a disagreement, an unhealthy sadness which produces despair, a specific desire or expectation that's placed on our children or on our spouse, or a picture of what life ought to look like, even though it's not looking that way right now. We have a lot of places where the dirt has settled and where it's hardened, where we long for surprise. So the resurrection quakes the earth. It unsettles the hard ground where we've said things in the past, like, I just can't help it if things are this way. They'll never change. Or I, I can't change who I am. I don't believe people can change who they are. My job will never get better. Nothing is ever going to get better. But Jesus rose in victory. And when Jesus in the power of his resurrection shows up in these moments, 
It should unsettle us and it should startle us and give us hope because what is now is not what will be. And that'll inspire us to renewed worship because God is victorious over sin, over sorrow and over death. Jesus rose from the dead and all of heaven and all of earth together cry hallelujah. So tonight we're going to reaffirm our baptismal vows, our entrance into the church where we share with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. And so come again and remember the good work that the Holy Spirit is doing in you. As we end this time and move into this reaffirmation of our baptismal vows together, I want to leave us with this stanza on the resurrection from a saint named St. Ephraim the Syrian. And he wrote a few hundred years just after the time of Jesus. In the evening, the world sleeps, closing its eyes, while in the morning it arises. He who repays is distant, as it were but a night's length away. Now light dawns, and he is coming. Weary not, my brethren, nor suppose that your struggle will last long or that your resurrection is far off, for our death is already behind us and our resurrection is before us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.